You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the Biden administration is targeting gun shops to get them shut down, Prime Minister Liz Truss steps down after just 44 days, and New York is bringing charges against five Russian nationals and two oil companies. Here's your national news recap for the week of October 16th. A newly filed lawsuit alleges the Biden administration is targeting gun shops in an attempt to shut them down for minor violations. They are trying to reduce the number of gun shops by turning a statute that requires you to willingly violate it into a statute that can be revoked for simple paperwork errors. Attorney Matt Miller represents Central Texas Gun Works, which is suing. He said gun dealers are the first line of defense against bad guys who want to get a gun, and now they're being vilified. The federal lawsuit seeks to change the rules, making it harder for a gun store to lose their license. The president is out with a plan to sell off more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve as a way to lower gas prices ahead of the midterm elections. Texas Republican Congressman Mike McCall says that's not okay. He's playing politics with this national security asset that we have. High gas prices have been a thorn in Biden's administration's side for much of the year. He blames Russia and Saudi Arabia for recent shocks to energy markets. The Republican National Committee, National Republican Congressional Committee, and Pennsylvania GOP have filed a last-minute lawsuit arguing the state is illegally dodging state law and a Supreme Court ruling by saying it will count undated absentee ballots. The suit was filed just weeks before a hotly contested race between Dr. Mehmet Oz and John Fetterman in the upcoming general election November 8th. According to the GOP groups, Lee Chapman, the Democratic Acting Secretary of State for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, defied a U.S. Supreme Court decision and the Republican-majority Pennsylvania General Assembly by directing county election boards to count undated mail-in ballots. The GOP complaint was filed in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court October 16th, just three weeks shy of the general election, saying the time for the court to act is now. The student reported missing from Princeton University is dead. Several law enforcement officers say Misrach Iwanute was found dead, but it is not clear where the body was discovered. Campus officials advised students they were ramping up search efforts for the 20-year-old undergrad with drones, helicopters, and watercraft canvassing through the area. Details surrounding the case are still pending, but Iwanute hadn't been seen since October 14th. The superintendent of Uvalde, Texas School District is retiring. Hal Harrell announced his decision at a meeting Wednesday night, and the Uvalde School Board approved. 
I know that the board approved of the retirement of Dr. Harrell and to announce the board president to finalize the retirement terms as discussed in closed session. It comes nearly five months after the Robb Elementary School massacre that left 19 students and two teachers dead. In a Facebook post, Harrell wrote that his heart was broken that day and he will continue to pray for the victims and their families. A 30-year-old employee of the district, Harrell stepped into the role of superintendent in 2018. President Biden is back at the site of a bridge collapse in Pittsburgh to tout his new infrastructure law. Pennsylvania has been able to repair Fern Hollow Bridge in less than a year, and by Christmas, God willing, I'll be coming back to walk over to Sucker. The bridge collapsed in January, but Biden visited the city that same day. Upon his return, Biden said the infrastructure law is doing something about bridges like Fern Hollow. He noted thousands of bridges in the U.S. are in bad condition. He said quite a few are being repaired this year thanks to the law. A father-daughter duo from Long Island are being indicted for conspiring with the People's Republic of China. Federal prosecutors allege the 55-year-old and 34-year-old Roslyn residents allegedly conducted surveillance and ran a harassment campaign to coerce people into returning to China. They're also accused of carrying out a money laundering scheme involving millions of dollars from the PRC to the U.S. financial system. Five other nationals were also named in the scheme and remain at large. An Illinois woman is receiving one year of probation after being charged with a hate crime over a confrontation with an African-American man in north suburban Winnetka in 2020. Irene Donashetis was charged following the August 2020 dispute in which she confronted Otis Campbell and two others over whether they were allowed to access the Winnetka Pier. During an argument, she hit Campbell. Prosecutors amended the hate crime charge for Donna Shatis to one count of misdemeanor battery after she pleaded guilty and completed an anti-racism class. James Gerard of California faces a list of charges after leading Citrus Heist police on a chase in a stolen car on Sunday, crashed the car, and then barricaded himself inside a home while armed. Gerard has had a long criminal history. According to KCRA 3, Gerard's criminal history dates all the way back to 2009. That's when he was sentenced to two years in prison for car theft after having prior car theft convictions. In 2014, he was sentenced to four years in prison for first-degree burglary and other charges just two months after his probation supervision ended. A two-year-old overdosed on fentanyl in Northern California and the parents have been arrested. The parents were arrested for child endangerment after the toddler overdosed by ingesting the fentanyl. They took the child to a fire station in Concow in Butte County on Monday, explaining they were afraid the boy ingested something while under someone else's supervision. The Butte County Sheriff says they found methamphetamine in a trailer and a small amount of fentanyl in the parents' car. A lethal overdose or poisonous amount of fentanyl is 2 milligrams or 2 grains of salt. Some variations take even less. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Ileana Pineda with the International News Report. The following newscast has all been sourced from the BBC. Just 44 days after becoming Prime Minister, Liz Truss has announced she is to step down. 
Until now, the shortest serving prime minister was George Canning, who died in August 1827. He had spent only 119 days in office. Ms. True succeeded Boris Johnson as prime minister after winning a clear victory over Rishi Sunak in a ballot of Conservative Party members. Two days later, Queen Elizabeth II passed away and the nation entered a period of mourning and normal politics was suspended. But at the end of the week, which began with the late Queen's funeral, the seeds of Ms. True's political demise had already been sown in then-Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget. It included 45 pounds of tax cuts funded by borrowing, which spooked financial markets and prompted a sharp fall in the value of the pound. The plan was to turbocharge the economy by upending treasury orthodoxy and focusing resolutely on boosting economic growth. But continuing market turmoil meant the Bank of England had to step in to prob up the value of the government bonds, and the government was forced to scrape plans to cut the top rate of income tax. In the week before Ms. Trues announced she was resigning, she sagged Mr. Quartek, a close friend, and was forced to accept the junking of most of the remaining mini-budgets tax cuts along with her overarching economic agenda. To tackle soaring energy bills, the Prime Minister had also set out her energy price guarantee to limit households' gas and electricity costs. Similar support was announced for businesses. Our second story. Sources have told BBC Persian Iranian security forces killed a teenage boy by firing a shotgun at him at point-blank range in the city of Mashhad. Abu Faz Adinzadeh, 17, skipped school to join anti-government protests on October 8th, but he never returned home. Authorities have not commented, but his death certificate obtained by the BBC said he died as a result of a liver and kidney damage caused by birdshot. Abu Faz's parents initially had no idea what had happened to him after he took part in the protest. It was not until the next day that the education ministry telephoned and told them to pick him up from the local police station. Sources say Abu Faz's father was warned at the station not to talk to the media. Iran's human rights activist news agency estimates that 244 protesters, including 32 children, have been killed by security forces in the crackdown. It says more than 12,500 others have been detained, many of them young people and children. And our final story, Vladimir Putin is undergoing pressure. His special military operation has not gone according to plan. As a result of the Ukrainian counteroffense, Russia has been losing territory it had occupied. Meanwhile, Russian regions bordering Ukraine have been coming under sustained shelling. What's more, the Kremlin's announcement last month of partial mobilization sparked widespread alarm in Russian society. With a Kremlin decree, Putin has imposed martial law in the four Ukrainian regions he claims to have annexed. Luhansk, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson. Keith is determined to win back lost territory, but the Kremlin leader has also tightened security across Russia with the introduction of three different security levels. In those regions close to the border with Ukraine, such as Belgorod, Krasnodar, and Rostov regions, as well as Annex, Crimea, a medium level of response has been declared. Measures include boosting security and public order. The decree also foresees restrictions on the movement of traffic, as well as on entry into and exit from these regions. The presidential decree mentions vehicle searches and traffic restrictions, as well as tighter public order security. To carry out President Putin's decree, all regional governors have been ordered to set up operational headquarters. These will include the heads of each region, representatives of the military, and the police. There is no sign that Putin is seeking an off-ramp in this crisis. What we do see with this decree is a leader determined to keep control. And that was Ileana Pineda with your international news. 
This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. Authorities are charging five Russian nationals and two oil companies for an alleged scheme to aid Russia's military. The U.S. Attorney's Office out of New York says the defendants bought military technology from U.S. companies, smuggled millions of barrels of oil, and laundered money for sanctioned Russian entities. Authorities say they are accused of helping Russia obtain semiconductors and microprocessors and other military technology. Some of the components were traced to Russian weapons in Ukraine. The coronavirus transmission and positivity rates are rising in Manhattan. The city's latest data shows the positivity rate is back above 20% in Manhattan. The transmission rate has risen over the past couple weeks in the borough. The city's health commissioner is urging New Yorkers to wear masks in crowded indoor settings with colder weather coming and to test for coronavirus frequently. Dutchess County authorities are putting out a public notice about the increased presence of fentanyl across the area. The sheriff's department says it has seized thousands of counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl since January of this year. Last month alone, the department took more than 2,000 fake pills off the streets. A small dose of fentanyl is fatal. Officials are urging residents to be aware and to report any drug dealing activity, especially if it involves fentanyl. Toxic chemicals were found at a Woodbridge High School on Monday. A mother of two students found carcinogenic compounds that can lead to disease after conducting her own testing of particles from Colonia High School. As an environmental scientist, she investigated after reports of a possible brain tumor cluster connected to the school. A Gloucester County woman was charged with attempted murder after allegedly purposefully running over three minors ages 13, 15, and 16 on Monday. The juvenile suffered non-life-threatening injuries at the Hollybush Apartments in Glassboro. A woman woke up to find a masked intruder standing over her bed in Tom's River on Tuesday. This is one of two burglaries that occurred in the same day, and police advised residents to take precautions since the suspects entered through unlocked first-floor windows. Clifton schools are considering eliminating religious holidays from the school year, allowing room for more days in the summer. The affected holidays will include Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Diwali, and Eid al-Fitr. It will be up to the parents to make a final decision. Netflix released a series called The Watcher last week about a real house in Westfield, New Jersey that received disturbing anonymous letters. Next week on Netflix, there will be a film about New Jersey serial killer Charles Cullen, who is currently incarcerated in New Jersey State Prison in Trenton for murders committed as a nurse in the tri-state area. The film will star Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain. Democratic U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman's campaign is releasing a medical report from his doctor. The information was made public Wednesday in an attempt to quiet critics about his health. The report from University of Pittsburgh Medical Center physician Dr. Clifford Chen states that the lieutenant governor is recovering well from the stroke that he suffered in May. It also concludes that he has no work restrictions and can work full duty in public office. Fetterman's opponent, Republican Mehmet Oz, has been after Fetterman to release his medical records, saying that he could have been hiding facts about his health after the stroke. Oz released his medical records in September. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. The Rowan Innovation Venture Fund has made a $200,000 investment to MRI Math LLC, a Rowan University-affiliated startup that uses artificial intelligence to dramatically improve the detection of brain tumors as much as three years earlier than the standard of care. 
Established in 2014 by the Rhone University Foundation to support entrepreneurship and innovation within the Rhone community, the Rhone Innovation Venture Fund provides capital funding to assist faculty, students, alumni, and staff with commercializing their products and services and provides an opportunity to invest in Rhone-generated technologies, intellectual property, innovations, and business. The Rhone Innovation Venture Fund has backed a dozen companies since its inception, including, among other Rhone-affiliated companies, Regaltech, founded by Provost Tony Lohman, Occumedic, founded by Dr. Mark Byrne, founding head of the Department of Biomedical Engineering, and Arc Aeronautics, founded by three Rowan alumni. Dr. Miles Coleman, an assistant professor of communication studies in the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, researches the online communication of science deniers and conspiracy peddlers who reject established medical standards like the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccinations and the origin of AIDS. Coleman uses special online search tools called bots to dive deep into the underbelly of the web where science deniers dwell, a digital petri dish of sorts where those who would spread misinformation have a medium to thrive. Coleman's research follows the seemingly contradictive patterns of science denialists online, such as the rejection of proven treatments for unproven ones in the name of safety. The idea is that if researchers learn the beliefs and modes of communication used by science deniers, they can use that knowledge to make more effective counter-messaging. Though misinformation spread online can be dangerous, Coleman noted that while the topics and mediums seem new, science denialism has existed since well before the internet. It is, however, a problem intensified by web features and the ease with which people can share misinformation. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with the MLB, we are officially down to four teams left in the postseason. With both NL and AL division series concluding, the Philadelphia Phillies and San Diego Padres advance in the NL, while the New York Yankees and Houston Astros face each other on the other side in the ALCS. San Diego swiftly took care of the Dodgers, their division opponent, while the Phillies did the same taking down the defending world champion Atlanta Braves. Houston ended the Mariners' miracle season, while the Yankees defeated the Guardians by a slim margin, three games to two after a huge Game 5 win. It's only a matter of time before the World Series is here, and will it be the Phillies, led by Bryce Harper, or the Padres, led by Juan Soto and Manny Machado? Can the Yankees get back to the World Series for the first time since 2009, or will Houston continue their dominance in the American League? Tune in to both championship series to find out and listen here on the Rowan Report for weekly updates. Switching to the NBA, opening night came and went Tuesday night, with the season tipping off to Celtics versus the Sixers in TD Garden. The new-look Sixers came out rusty in this one, but quickly gathered themselves. James Harden tallied 35 points with 8 rebounds and 7 assists, while Joel Embiid had an inefficient night, but still managed to score 26 points with 15 rebounds. Brown and Tatum matched each other with 35 apiece, leading the way for the Seas as the Celtics come out on top, 126-117. Checking in on the Bay, Golden State faced the Los Angeles Lakers 
In the late window, as the Warriors received their 2022 championship rings. In the first game following Draymond Green's punch of Jordan Poole in practice, Stephen Curry led the way with 33 points en route to a 123-109 victory. LeBron and Anthony Davis tallied 31 and 27 points respectively in the Lakers' first loss of the season. And checking in on the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles remain undefeated after defeating the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Philadelphia remains at the top of the NFC East right ahead of the 5-1 New York Giants. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, their starting quarterback Dak Prescott will be returning to action this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. After starting Cooper Rush for five straight weeks, the Dallas Cowboys finally get the man back that they owe a ton of money to, and we'll see what he can do as the Dallas Cowboys currently sit at 4-2 and two on the season. Last but not least, let's check in on the New York Jets. While the Jets have had a good season this year, wide receiver Elijah Moore is disgruntled and has requested a trade from the team. Moore was a second-round pick in 2021, and with the emergence of Garrett Wilson in this offense, well, he's frustrated despite the Jets' hot start. Moore's frustration exploded after the 27-10 upset of the Green Bay Packers in a game in which he had zero targets. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Hi, I'm Nick Adonisi with your Rowan Report business update. BMW is making a big investment in electrical vehicles and batteries in the U.S. It plans to spend $1 billion on preparations for EV production at a factory in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Another $700 million will be put towards a high-voltage battery assembly factory, which is just outside of Spartanburg. BMW is looking to produce at least six fully electrical BMW X models in South Carolina by 2030. Wall Street was snapping its two-day winning streak. It came as the 10-year Treasury yield rose in Wednesday's session to its highest level since July of 2008. Meantime, quarterly reports continue to roll in as Tesla beat earnings estimates, but was light on revenue. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 99 points, the S&P 500 fell 24 points, the Nasdaq dropped 91 points. Netflix saw shares jump in Wednesday's session by 13% after posting a positive earnings report. Energy stocks like Chevron and Devon Energy both saw shares rise by more than 3%. However, one of the day's biggest losers was Moderna as it fell by about 8%. The U.S. Supreme Court is being asked to block President Biden's student debt relief program. Brian Shook has more. A top Federal Reserve official believes interest rates could hit 5% if inflation doesn't slow down. Speaking at the Women Corporate Directors, Minnesota Chapter, Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank, President Neil Kashkari noted progress on inflation hasn't been seen yet. As a result, he doesn't see himself pushing for a stop to interest rate hikes even if the rate reaches 4.75%. The Fed has been steadily raising interest rates over the past few months in a bid to slow down inflation. I'm Nick Idanese, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. BTS members will be completing their mandatory military service. The band's record label confirmed news Monday, as well as announced oldest member Jin would begin the enlistment process at the end of the month following the release of his solo album. All able-bodied South Korean men are required to serve 18 months in the military by the time they are 28. BTS has already received a two-year extension to defer their service until age 30. They are expected to reconvene as a group around 2025. A spokesperson for the South Korean Defense Ministry said that the group would be allowed to perform in national-level events during their conscription period. 
Kanye West is apologizing for his recent anti-Semitic comments. The rapper has faced controversy since tweeting he would go Death Con 3 on Jewish people. Now, in an interview with Piers Morgan, Kanye admitted the comments were racist, but he believed he fought fire with fire. He then said he was sorry to the people he hurt or confused with his comments. Kanye is also facing legal troubles. He is being sued by Roxy Washington, the mother of George Floyd's daughter. Washington is suing the rapper over false statements that West made about George Floyd's murder in 2020. She's looking for a quarter billion dollars in damages. West has been under fire for a recent appearance on a podcast. He claimed that Floyd died from abusing fentanyl. Washington's attorney said Floyd's daughter is being re-traumatized. Meghan Markle is opening up about her time as a briefcase girl on Deal or No Deal and why she parted ways with the show. On her podcast, Archetypes, the Duchess of Sussex said she felt objectified and not smart throughout her experience on the game show in 2006. Markle said she didn't feel like being forced into all the looks and little substance. Rihanna is reportedly contributing to the Black Panther sequel soundtrack. Hits Daily Double reports that the Diamond singer has recorded two songs for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Fans have long speculated that Rihanna would be cast in a sequel to the 2018 hit film, and the report claims her name has been linked to the movie for a while. However, there's no official word out on her participation. The film is set to premiere in theaters November 11th. Rachel Zegler is defending Disney's upcoming live-action movie of Snow White for being woke. The actress who plays Snow White in the film tells Vanity Fair that the film has to be politically correct because it needed to be. Segler also added that her version is a refreshing story of a young woman who has a function beyond Someday My Prince Will Come. A Disney spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter that consultants were brought in to address representation issues on the film when it comes to the dwarfism community. Netflix has announced that it is getting tough on password sharing. The streaming giant said on Tuesday it will roll out worldwide plans to monetize account sharing early next year. That means paying to share your account with people who don't live in your home. In a letter to shareholders, the company said it's going to offer the ability for borrowers to transfer their Netflix profile into their account and for sharers to manage their devices more easily and create sub-accounts if they want to pay for friends or family. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.